We're back. Mock Draft Edition Part 2. Equan, cut the music. We are back. Easily my favorite episode. Second edition that we've ever done this. This is the Sigs Inside Mock Draft. Unfortunately, the brain trust of Howlin and Amato could not join us for this time. So we won't uh, get sued by CBS Sports for plagiarizing their mock draft comments. <laughs> uh, go double check last year's episode if you want to know what I'm talking about. Uh, we have Kylie, we have Schultz, and we have Seattle here. Here's how this is going to work. Uh, each of us are GMs of different teams here, and I'll kind of introduce the teams and who's GMing for them uh, beforehand. And we're just going to run through the first round and maybe the 31st pick as well, because the Pacers all are like they yeah. pick there. Uh, there was a trade today as well. The Nuggets got Oklahoma City's 30th overall pick. So they now draft twice. Another thing, there are going to be no trades in this mock within like what we'll, we'll we'll pretty much outline like, Hey, you know, as the GM with how the board's falling here, I might consider a trade or something like that. But we don't have, I don't think as a collective, we have a, the same understanding of player values necessarily. And that could lead to some fuck shit. Like I've seen a few of these mocks where it's like Bradley Beal got traded for three middle of the pack first round picks, like twenties. And that I don't want that to happen here. So, uh, here we go. Uh, first overall, the Orlando Magic. I definitely didn't give Kylie the Magic because I knew he w- who he would pick. Um, but Kylie, of course, is the Magic's general manager here. So let's uh, get this thing kicked off. Yes. Um, welcome to the NBA draft. Um, of course, with the first pick in the Magic, I actually do think this will actually happen. I think it's good fit. Um, Jabari Smith out of Auburn. I think, um, you know, I, I love everything that he brings to the table. He, uh, he's a good shooter for his size, 6'10", 6'11", depending on uh, where you look. He definitely has some room for improvement, can definitely build on the frame. But I like the prospect of how big the Magic can play with, you know, you could have a lineup of, Wendell Carter, Jabari Smith, Jonathan Isaac, and Franz Wagner, which are everyone's over six nine there. You gave up on Mo Bamba already, bro? Come on, oh, he, he's Mo gone. Bamba or Wendell he's gone? Carter? He didn't he's get traded yet, right? He's now. a restricted free agent this offseason, so we'll we'll get more into Mo in a second. So you should go to Milwaukee. That's basically impossible to guard, um, and you still have those big guys that can shoot. Um, it could. You know, they can play defense, too. It would definitely be an interesting prospect, and some of them would probably come off the bench. But as an Auburn fan, love to see Jabari and Chumo Kiki team up here. Um, and, yeah, keep it moving. Yeah, so a little uh, little quick prop one if you guys want some uh, some wild bets. Maybe sprinkle a little on Paolo at one and then sprinkle some on Jabari at three because I believe that if Jabari does not go one, He's going to go, he won't go second either. He'll go third. So um, definitely could be an interesting one, especially given the odds. Uh, I like, I like the Jabari pick and Oklahoma city here, obviously I'm going Chet. I mean, I think Chet is the best player in this class. Nothing against Jabari at all. Jabari is my second best player. Uh, I just, Chet has so much to offer that you can pretty much take him and do whatever you want with him. There won't be an expectation either with Chet and Oklahoma city to come in and perform immediately, seeing as how we shut guys down and trade them away. If we're winning too much, um, Chet immediately steps in and plays the four for us. Uh, of course, if you somehow don't know who Chet Holmgren is just a mammoth of a human being and height only, and maybe wingspan as well. Uh, very light at 195 pounds, I believe was his last, uh, measurement which is uh it's heavier it's heavier than he was um but just overall obviously defends extremely well i think offensively he has a lot more that he hasn't uh tapped into that frankly Gonzaga didn't let him show uh whether that's you know going coast to coast potential wise or 
different passing abilities. He can shoot from the outside, obviously, but he's also going to be able to drive to the rim. Frame, definitely a concern. But my thing is, like, if he played like he was 195 pounds, it would scare the shit out of me. He is an absolute asshole on the court. Like, he's got a mean streak to him, won't back down from anyone, and I am very, very high on Chet Holmgren and just thrilled that I was able to get him. Yeah, I, I think for the I think to speak on just like the Zags and how they used him, like he's def like he definitely was like super impactful this year. But I think like the Zags, like they never really truly like run outside of their offensive system. And so like for a, a player like that, a prospect like that, to like that was so highly rated to come to Gonzaga is kind of like it's never really happened before. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like for some for somebody like him, they kind of go there, like they're not gonna change how they do things for a player like that so i think when he goes to whatever nba team he goes to i think like they're gonna they're going to definitely use him so much more than the zags really did offensively and and that'll be good for him in the long run yeah and it's like uh we talked about this earlier how uh chet was kind of in the uh in like the miles turner role uh that like with what existed with uh, Sabonis and uh, Miles Turner it, with what was Indiana. So enough about chat. I'm thrilled. Uh, Rockets, you are on the clock here. I, I'm going to venture to say I also know this pick as well. Yes, you do. And it's Bryce Enzi at the four. <laughs> um, I think the Rockets just need like kind of a do-it-all four who can kind of play a little bit of point forward, but also score, play some solid defense. Um, just like an all-around guy. Uh Oh, wait, no, no, sorry, I'm at Paolo. They're pretty much the same player. I'm assuming Seattle's going to take Bryce at four. But, yeah, Paolo, I think the Rockets are in a pretty unique position. They don't really have a clear direction where they're going as a team Um, in terms of, like, what they need to build around. They just kind of need pieces. So I think Paolo's a great piece to add towards an already exciting backcourt with uh, KPJ and uh, Jalen Green and then adding Paolo in that front court with maybe – Sengun, if he can ever figure out how to like move his feet laterally quick. Uh, and if they can add Paulo, I think that's a really good building block towards their front court. Uh, I mean, they have Christian Wood. I think still, I think he's still on contract. Correct me if he's, I'm wrong. Uh, I, he's probably out the door as well. Yeah, he's, I would imagine he's gone. Traded. So I think Paulo should be probably the main guy there. And he's going to add a lot of scoring towards a front court that's kind of had the most inefficient score ever. Um, with Christian Wood in the front court. But, you know, I think the Rockets can't really go wrong here if Jabari slips there. That's good if Chet somehow is there. I don't think they're going to hesitate. I think – I'm sure Aids will agree and everybody else. The top three is pretty much all the same. So whoever's there, that's who you're taking. It's just about preference because they're all kind of like the same fit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Paulo, I think he's probably going to end up in a Rockets jersey if I had to guess. And – I honestly think he could turn out to be the best player in the draft. If Chet doesn't develop as well as people are kind of assuming he is, I think Paulo is probably the most NBA ready today, Um, especially offensively. He's kind of like the Tatum, uh, how Tatum was when he was coming out of college. Tatum was definitely the most offensive ready, offensively ready player in that his draft class, in my opinion. Um, And that's kind of what I thought he should have gotten one in that draft class, but that's a hindsight bias. So unfortunately, it was Markel Fultz, and then uh, Philly did their shit with him and just broke an absolutely phenomenal player. <laughs> that's that's going to be the biggest draft heartbreak for me of all time. Still, uh, for my money, I'd say Paolo's the best passer in this class, which is ridiculous to think about given he's like a four. Um, is that more disrespectful to the point guards, or is that hyping up Paolo's? No, it's hyping up Paolo. I mean, the okay. point guards aren't point guards aren't good. And we, I think we'll, if you consider Jaden Ivey a point guard, I think we'll have two point guards in the first round, um, which is just fucking horrifying. But Paolo's passing is legitimately elite, and it plays very well off of his kind of handle and shot creation as well. Uh, obviously, you have the defensive concerns a little bit, but it's not like they aren't serious concerns. It's just like he's probably going to only be an adequate defender. He's kind of between positions, which is fine. Uh and if the outs, if he can develop a respectable outside shot and continue the momentum that he had, then this is like a real deal number one option on a good team because he can move the rock, he can have the ball in his hands, and he's the only guy this this top three in my opinion that can truly be like a high usage number one guy on a on a good team. Yeah, so. I mean, just 
if you ever want, if you're ever doubting Paulo Bencero's Bencero's ability, just watch him against Chet in that Gonzaga game. I mean, Paulo's offensive ability in that first half was incredible. So yeah. if like he can just hone that in and do that a lot more than what he did this past season. And I think his motor is probably the biggest issue at this point. Slash him like losing 10 pounds every time he plays basketball. <laughs> I wish I had that ability. Yeah, that's um, so sick. Yeah. But I, I'm really excited to see how he plays. I think the Rockets will be a pretty fun team to watch. They might not be that good, but they're gonna be fun. They're gonna have a lot of fun young guys. We say that every year about yeah, them too. He, it's funny. They'll be a really good they'll they'll be a really good fit for him because especially because like they don't really have anybody else that can like take over inside like he can. And so like that'll just be it's just gonna be really fun to watch because like that's one of the things, especially like when I when I saw him in high school, um, like that's like the that was basically the like the kind of team that he had around him. It's just sort of kind of like a bunch of shooters, and then just like he was like the only one to kind of like go inside and take over, and just, that would be kind of the cool thing to kind of go back to go back to that because he definitely tried to change that up a little bit at Duke. Yeah, and I, I think the uh, for my money the best comparison is Detroit Pistons Blake Griffin. Uh, that's one that I've really fallen in love with. I, I think athletically he might have a tiny bit more than Blake had at that time, but I think that's the kind of all around player that you're looking at. And people forget like those first two years of Blake in Detroit were really fucking good. Like that uh, that second year in Detroit, he averaged twenty four and a half, seven and a half, and five point four. That's a solid player. Um, enough about Paolo. We'll have more on him too. Uh, I've got a written giant fucking written thing coming out right now. It's only 15 pages currently. So we'll, uh, we'll get that a little longer and then that'll drop sometime uh, next week. But Seattle, you are on the clock with number four. Oh, also on Paolo too, really quick. He said he hates Oklahoma city, which makes sense given where he's from. Um, but I, I found that pretty, uh, that was a pretty funny comment to me. Yeah, he's from Seattle. He's a Seattle boy. So, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good yeah. guy. You know, Paolo, Paolo will do well. Paolo will do well. But the Kings are on the clock. Um, you know, they, they magically made it up to year four. And I think they'll be really happy to select Jaden Ivey from Purdue. I think this is an easy slam dunk pick, um, you know, Arguably, it could also be taken in the top three if yep. any of the any of any other three teams want to change up uh, and you know take a guard. But um, but yeah, no, I think uh, Jaden Ivey kind of replaces what they what they lost, you know, in in trying to getting in getting Sabonis from Indiana um, by getting rid of Halberton. So um, you know, I think by pairing him up with uh, Darren Fox, that'll be an interesting guard combination to be able to go for the future. Um, and so I think uh, the Kings are going to feel very fortunate having and being in this position and um, hopefully they don't try it out because that'll be kind of done. Yeah. I was going to say, I think this is the draft to me starts at four or five, depending on when Ivy goes, I think the Kings are going to be a prime trade candidate to try to get, if you can get some sort of win now guy, plus a pick a little bit later on, I think this is a great position for uh for teams to move up. If the Pacers and Kings hadn't previously traded, I would say that, but uh, I don't think they're going to trade again. Um, so I, I'm expecting this might be the first sign of any sort of, uh, any sort of movement, but Ivy's, uh, Ivy's ridiculous. I think if, if the teams at the top of the draft, maybe didn't, I hate saying like drafting for a need at the top of the draft, but given how close the top four are in this class, it's kind of a necessity if there weren't as many guards in play for let's say Oklahoma city, Houston and Orlando, I think Ivy would have some serious, even more serious consideration to go top three, but given the roster constructions that they currently have, as well as the age of the guys that they currently have, it's kind of a hard, uh, it, it would be harder to fit him into that. Yeah, the only way I would say that. So I, I, I have seen some people mock Jane Ivy to the thunder I'm sure you've seen that too, Aiden. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's like the only way I'd see that happening is if um, uh, SGA got traded, which is possible. So I, I think I don't know if that's likely. I could see I could see that happening actually if Dort goes out the door, um, because Ivy can play the perfect fit for me with Ivy is in Detroit because Ivy's able to play both on and off the ball, and worst case he just cuts the whole time. 
with Oklahoma City's roster construction right now, he could realistically play on or off the ball as is. So it would be interesting. I think SGA, though, SGA is there for the long run. We're going to start competing in 2023 once we get Juan and then uh, full speed ahead. Yeah, I, Dor would um, not to go not to digress too much, but Dor is a guy I feel like he just needs to be traded to a team that is ready to compete right now because, like, I, I just feel like what he he just he just is like he can't he can't shoot efficiently on that Thunder team for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sick. Um, it'll be interesting. I think if his uh, price tag goes up too high, we'll try to extend him this year. And if not, we'll move him. So we'll have more answers soon. Pistons at five here. I am on the clock. Was very much hoping that Jaden Ivey would fall to me. He doesn't. So I'm going to do something probably a little off the wall. I'm going Benedict Mather in here at five. OMG. I know, right? Uh, he is not, he's ranked eighth on my personal board. Reason I picked Mather in here is he's never going to have to dribble in Detroit ever, which is something he, much like Jabari Smith, is incapable of doing. All he would need to do is pretty much provide an off the ball scoring threat for them and someone who can slash and catch lobs from Cade, essentially. Uh, great frame on him, too. Hopefully, defensively, he can finally come around and live up to his potential, but. I really like the idea of him slotting in next to Cade. I think right now it's Killian Hayes in their starting lineup, which is, I think I'm off the Killian Hayes train finally. It took a long time. So it, Corey Joseph started to Killian Hayes as well. So I think if you, if you realistically put Matherin in that spot, just bump Cunningham to the one you've got, one, you've got a tall starting lineup, but two, you have, really explosive guys and Matherin like we all know this here dude is a like a plus competitor and there's also there might be untapped parts of his game too he played in that read and react system for Tommy Lloyd this year so maybe there's more passing in there that he wasn't able to show but uh overall I'm a little disappointed Ivy couldn't get there I think Shaden Sharp's also in contention and of course there's uh Keegan Murray, who I'm assuming is I probably just gifted to someone else. Those those are also guys that I had potentially at five, but I ended up going with Matherin kind of for the higher upside, more explosive guy. Pacers are on the clock at number six. All right. So, yeah, we definitely have a lot of work to do. Um, starting the rebuild. And as a Pacers fan that has seen very much disappointing draft picks and have not seen us pick this high in a long time, I would love to make a big splash here. And I just can't get enough of the highlights against the chairs. I'm going shade and sharp here. I love the upside that he has. Um, We're a team that's not going to be competing next year, most likely. I like that he'll have time to adjust to the game. Um, he could potentially still be growing, growing to more of a wing role if he can um, grow a little and learn how to play defense. I think I just really like the upside and like the potential, and I want to be excited about a draft pick for the first time in my life. So, shade and sharp. But realistically, I'm starting to become more on the Dyson Daniels train don't know too much about him, but uh, I'm starting to come around to the idea. But don't really like the other guys kind of in this area that are still available. If we take Keegan Murray, um, I'm going to be very upset. So. We'll, have, uh, we'll have more on Dyson in a little bit. Uh, I wrote uh, that Shaden Sharp, like my main con for him is that Bigfoot has more footage out there on him. Uh, especially for this cycle, because there is legitimately nothing. So it's very hard to evaluate a player when you haven't seen him outside of like high school settings in EYBL, which I'm pretty sure the EYBL circuit is where he absolutely blew up. It wasn't high school. It was one of the circuits where he was just like one of the best guys. Um, Obviously the youngest guy in the class, super athletic, great frame, but like 
we can't interview him and we can't see him work out individually. So it makes it very difficult to, uh, <laughs> to work with that. I like it though. I do like the up, uh, the upside swing there. Uh, all right. Seattle back on the clock, Portland trailblazers. Yeah. The champagne has just been popped in the, in the, in the draft room. Um, you know, we, we were, we were celebrating that, uh, that Keegan Murray has, has fallen here to seven. Uh, the Blazers are, you know, desperate in need of front court talent. And so, you know, he doesn't have a true position yet, but, you know, the Blazers don't have any players really. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, just might as well take anybody. Uh, but yeah, that's what, that's, that's what we're doing. I love it. I love that fit. That's like if that happens, the Trailblazers are like in, in heaven. But I can't see that happening. But if it does, that's sweet. I'm actually I would be very happy for Dame if that happened. Um, that would be like the perfect player to at least have Dame around if he's still in Portland. Oh yeah, big... especially in the pick and roll if the if yeah. Dame stays for sure. That would be beautiful. <laughs> he's never had anybody even remotely like that skill set wise, has he? Is there anybody even close to like who's been able to like? Do the pick and pop at like the four slash five? I mean, I mean besides Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamar- 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 Aldridge. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> besides that, besides yeah, like ever sorry. since then, ever since yeah. then, no. and even that's that kind of what I was. Lamarcus, I don't think was. I'll, I'll have not, to do a refresher, but yeah, I'm pretty sure also he not was, nearly as athletic, probably not like, as Lamarcus Aldridge as Lamarcus Aldridge was. All right. Does anybody have any more comments on Pelicans? Uh, first off, Keegan Murray, I'm coming around to him. I think my biggest issue with him is, is he's boring as fuck to watch, but that's really good because you will legitimately fall asleep watching him and he'll like have 20 points on 8 of 12 shooting and you just won't notice because I haven't seen much flash to his game, which is fine. He's just an efficient scorer that can do it at all three levels. He can give you a ton. He can do things with like a... Uh, he doesn't need a high usage rate either, in my opinion, to be a uh, to be a solid scorer. He, like he won't demand possessions like uh, some of the other guys who I might pick coming up because I'm irrationally high on some of them. But uh, I love it. I uh, I do love the fit there. Pelicans number eight. Okay, I'm actually ecstatic that um, Dyson Daniels dropped me because I think. That's a great fit for the Pelicans. They need a ball handler. I know CJ can be that ball handler, but I think a guy that can just have the play playmaking ability that Dyson Daniels is supposed to have. I think it's a great fit. New Orleans. I was leaning between him. Cause like, obviously with Zion, you kind of want the spacing there. So that's the only issue with this fit, but I think ball handling wise, Dyson Daniels really fits a lot of the needs that the Pelicans have, which honestly not a whole lot. He's not going to cut. He doesn't even need to come in to start. He could come on off the bench. With uh, CJ at the one still, unfortunately, that probably puts the grave or puts Jose Alvarado into the graveyard. But if not, uh, they always have him as a backup. But I really like Dyson Daniels. I think AIDS can probably talk a little bit more about his um, what to expect from day one. But I think he can really develop into a much better player than he is right now. Because obviously the main thing right now, like I said, he's not a great shooter. Um, But if he can just turn that into a little bit better, I think he's going to probably overperform based off of where he's been picked in this draft. Um, but I'll let you talk a little bit yeah. more about that, Abe's, because obviously so, I'm not all in on Dyson Daniels. Yeah, so a few things. Uh, one, if this happens, and I hope it does, goodbye, Devontae Graham. There's no longer room for you on this roster. I'm just thinking of a starting lineup of McCollum, Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion, and Ingram, or something like that. Like the defensive potential on this team would be ridiculous. Uh, I I fucked that up because they saw Valanciunas too. So you also so, said Ingram twice. Did I? Oh, okay. Shit, my bad. Pretty sure. <laughs> uh, so with Daniels too, the nice thing is he won't. He could be like your point guard, but realistically, he can guard anywhere one through three as of now, since he's six foot eight. Defensively, like that's going to translate immediately. Very, very good processor of the game, and his frame's very good, too. The issues are, while he can be a lead guard, he hasn't really done it too much. Statistically, for the G League, it wasn't a good showing. Like, you didn't have the tangible stuff necessarily. His highlights were sick. Um, And then there's, of course, the piece that he can't shoot yet. But there is confidence, given his form, that 
he can potentially shoot at some point from the outside, which like not creating for himself, but as a pass and shoot guy, we saw how high uh, OKC was on a guy like Josh Giddy last year. I think that as a prospect, Daniels is better than Giddy was just because of the defensive versatility. Um, love it though. Absolutely love it. The clamps that would be put on there would be insane in new Orleans. I am up at number nine. Uh, here we go. We have the Spurs here. Kind of a weird uh, draft board with the way it's fallen to me. Some guys on the board that I wasn't uh, expecting to necessarily be. I completely lost my big word. Here we go. Okay, I'm going Jeremy Sohan at number nine. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting weird. I mean, I, it's the Spurs. That'll probably it's, happen. It's the Spurs. I absolutely love Jeremy Sohan. Elite defensively, it's either him or Dyson Daniels that comes into this draft as the best defender. Fluid athlete can potentially play offense at some point at a higher level than he currently does, which would be sweet. Uh, biggest thing, too, is he's probably like one of the top three biggest dickheads in this draft. Like Just an absolute asshole on the court, and that's a good thing. I have Christian, Christian Brown up there as well and Dale and Terry, that would probably round out my top three. Um, Just a phenomenal guard can pretty much guard. If you, if you want him as a point of attack defender, help defense defender, it doesn't matter. He'll pretty much be able to go wherever. And his rise too was absolutely sweet to see this year. So I'm pretty thrilled with this. I think he fits in kind of with everything that Spurs are looking for out of a player. You know, you get another big win. Yeah. Foreign. Big. He's from uh, Poland, I believe, and then grew up in uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, he, uh, you know, Spurs can Spurs teach shooting. That's kind of their mo. So he he slots in nicely with Keldon Johnson, and I think really could contribute to making them a uh, a pretty good team, especially come playoff time, where we've seen how important it is to not have black holes on defense, and he will very very easily be able to cover up some of those all right number 10 we have kylie with the wizards yeah so the wizards here need some point guard and center help um i don't love the fit here but i'm gonna go jalen duran from memphis i think he's got the potential to be a very good center in this league and i think he's got a lot more gadgets to his knife than he was able to show at Memphis. Um, freak athlete. He looks like a NFL linebacker build um, already as an 18-year-old. Um, I don't Like I said, I don't like the fit with Porzingis, but I think he could be a nice centerpiece around um, if they choose any one of those other four power forwards that they took the last four years in the draft that just haven't panned out yet. Were you considering anyone else here for the Wizards? Like, was it between Duran and someone else? I was thinking about Ty Ty, um, but it was a little high for me to go. And Interesting. I wasn't really thinking AJ Griffin, just injury wise and kind of what they already have there. And just, I don't personally, I don't really like Johnny Davis. And my last thought was Agbaji, but they already took uh, Corey Kispert last year, kind of same older player. So I got I'm you. shocked you didn't take Bran- like Branham was who I, I'm assuming Aiden was. No, I was thinking, about. I was thinking Johnny Davis. Uh, oh. I think Davis and Daniels are going to be in contention if they aren't selected earlier, but I do like, I love Duran. I think he is a contender to fall though in this draft, just because of I think there's going to be a run on the guards for off ball guards who can maybe play on the ball a little bit just because of how few there are actually in this class. Um, absolutely love Duran though. Duran was probably one of the first prospects I actually talked about on this podcast for this class. Um, if only he played for a functional team at Memphis, then maybe this wouldn't, uh, maybe he'd be in top five consideration, but, uh, Fortunately, he did. So, love him, though. 
All right, Knicks are on the clock at 11. The board's already shaping up pretty fucked up, but I uh, I love it, and that's why we do it. All right, Seattle is on the clock with the New York Knicks. Tom Thibodeau, I'm sure, is whispering in his ear about who he wants. <laughs> are you going to listen to him? Yes, no, he has sweet nothings. He's telling me to draft for child Baji from Kansas, and I'm listening to him. So, yeah, no, good two-way guard. Um you know, they're probably going to have to trade Fournier or somebody, which they'll probably end up doing. So uh, it'll be a good team fit, um, which which is they need three-point shooting and defense. So that'll help. Love it. That's uh, we were talking to. That's probably the either the most or the second most Tom Thibodeau player in this draft uh, with Johnny Davis also being in consideration. Um OKC here, back again at number 12. We are in a uh, – we're in a weird fucking spot here. Uh, I I think – like, if we had room for Johnny Davis, he would be the pick. But we don't. We already have so many guards. I have to go Usman Jang here. Uh, that's just something that – needs to happen a very okc type player um he's got a finesse game to him uh tall ball handler can defend at a pretty high level especially given his age Uh, showed some shooting too as the year ended he uh i was out on him completely and then he had like a i think it was like a 13 game sample size where he actually started doing things which was really sick um I also have in my notes here, how high would you pick Nick Batum? Because I do think there are some serious similarities between the two of them. I'm cool with Nick Batum at 12. Batum's a lotto career guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it, especially given kind of the shit show that is this draft class in the lottery specifically. So I'm cool with Usman here. Uh, Hornets are on the clock. Good Lord, this board is playing perfectly for them right now at 13-15. I thought initially they would potentially be a team to trade up, but if the board plays out like this, they're fucking sprinting to the podium twice because they're going to get people who directly help them. So number 13, New Orleans Hornets. Sorry, Charlotte Hornets. My apologies. (laughs) Jeez. Long day. Uh, Who's the pick? So after many years of fishing for a center, I'm going to go with Mark Williams here, staying in the Carolinas. Um, Definitely could have gotten a few options, some guards up there that I think would be some good uh, pieces that, you know, don't necessarily need the ball in their hands, but could also play that role if need be, like Branham, Johnny Davis. Um, Those were some other guys I thought of, but. I mean, every year the Hornets are in the market for a center, and I think uh, a guy that's close to home, you can't pass that one up. I, I think that there's, uh, first off, Mark Williams, the Hornets, is about the like most predictable thing ever. Uh, and I do think even if the board falls like this with Johnny Davis being available, I think it's realistic that Mark Williams would get picked at 13 versus 15, even with the Cavs between them, because – somebody's going to trade up for Mark Williams if the Hornets don't pick him. Like, this is a serious defensive center, the likes that we haven't seen in in a while. Uh, fucking nine foot, what, seven standing reach? Something like that. Which is just ridiculous to think about. Legitimate paint protector. Uh, all he needs to do is just defend the paint and catch lobs from LaMelo Ball, and this is a home run pick immediately. So, about the easiest fit in the draft absolutely love it cleveland uh i know they're disappointed they couldn't get another center to add to their uh collection that they're building over there but uh or it's an interesting spot for them so uh cleveland is up at 14 all right so i know i just said before we started recording again that i was going to take johnny davis but i take it back we're going malachi Branham. i'm not that high on johnny davis like at all so the fact that Branham's still here, I think is a lot better. He's a lot. My, my main reason for this is Johnny Davis in college. He's always, he's shown that 
the only way he can really be an effective player at this point in his career. I'm not saying this is forever, but he has to have the ball in his hands. He has to be taking like 15 shots, 20 shots a game to like be an effective player for the Badgers. Um, Branham, on the other hand, was not really ever the lead guard um, at Ohio State. He was always playing like kind of second fiddle. I guess not lead guard, lead uh, leading scorer, because obviously they had Liddell. They'd run most of their offense through Liddell. I, I like Branham's fit a lot more here because um, he can play off ball. He's a good defender. He's kind of like what Okoro's doing, but I think he's probably a little bit more polished on offense already than Okoro is. Um, so I like the fit. You can never really have enough two slash three. Like you can't ever have enough wingers that can shoot three pointers. So um, I think the Cavs are in a pretty good position where I don't really think they can mess this up too bad because it's not like they're building, like they have a really good core already. And also Johnny Davis would be kind of taking over that Colin Sexton position. And I think I'd, I'd rather have a Sexton, even though you're probably gonna have to pay him in a year. I think, I don't know when's, when's Sexton's contract up. This year is a restricted free agent. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd rather bring him back for whatever you have to pay him than have Johnny Davis in my opinion, but I could also see them going Johnny Davis if he's there. I feel like that makes sense, but then they're probably moving on from uh, Mr. Sexton. Yeah, I mean, I think Cleveland, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Malachi Branham, I believe, is also from Cleveland, too. Uh, I think he's from Columbus. Yeah, from Columbus. There we go. So, hometown kid gets to stay even longer. Pretty uh, pretty uh, sick fit there. Hornets at 15. Once again, the board just continues to play for you. Uh, who's it going to be? So this would all come down what I decide to do with Miles Bridges. If I bring him back, then I would most likely go Johnny Davis here. If I plan on getting rid of him, I'd go A.J. Griffin. Um, I'll just plan on keeping him and bringing Johnny Davis since he already got a Duke guy. Don't necessarily need to. I'll go Johnny Davis. Let's open up some Taco Bells in the Spectrum Center. Love it. <laughs> that commercial is being beaten to death. It's it's ridiculous. Um, and Ivy's about to be Chipotle's guy, though. Is he? Alerts. Yeah, Hevel. Shout out Hevel. I doubt he listens to this, but but if he does, here's for Chipotle. He told me. <laughs> There's like some dumbass video of uh, Jaden Ivy like just telling some random dude, like, yeah, this is my favorite order at Chipotle. <laughs> That's gonna be the commercial. So spoiler alert. Um a few thoughts on Johnny. I uh I thought I would be lower on him. I'm actually pretty high on him. I have him seventh on my board. My thing is, I think if you surrounded him with actual functioning human beings at Wisconsin, he wouldn't have had to do the things that he did. Uh, that team was garbage. Like, I hated that team. Uh, yeah, they were just <laughs> – I bet on um, Nichols State to beat them in Madison when Johnny Davis was out in, during the non-conference season, and they went into fucking overtime. I was so pissed. I thought that was going to be a uh, – maybe they didn't go into overtime. They, they were down in the first half. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was looking like a spicy little bet, but that's how bad, just to reiterate, that's how bad they were without Johnny Davis. I do agree. Yeah, and I mean, I think with Johnny too, we we know what he can do in high usage. I do believe you can probably scale him down as well. Uh, can play both sides of the ball too. Like I said, has that dog in him because he, like he does. If you're ever going to have those big performances like he did in college, you kind of have to. Um, I think him falling off at the end of the year, I really think his ankle was more hurt than people were led to believe. And that kind of torched his efficiency. Um, Hard for him to get his lift on. He he made a lot of tough shots in college, but is he making the tough shots because he can, or is it because he can't create separation? So a lot of interesting questions to have with him. I, I do think with, with him going to Charlotte though, or, yeah, Charlotte, I think that's that's a good spot for him as well to kind of be able to exist and just do his thing on both ends. Atlanta, you are on the clock here. Are we going to take another uh, another Duke player with some controversy behind him two years in a row, or are we looking another way? Uh, yeah, this is a tough spot. I mean, A.J. Griffin has, you know, really fallen to me. Um, 
but uh um i don't really feel like he uh, is a really good team fit for atlanta but i'd i'm gonna take him here anyway because i feel like uh he's the best player available by far i like that i think aj falling to them is it's fitting that they get another dude guy falling to them um I wish we got to see his medicals or interview him because uh, that knee could be like Swiss cheese at this point, and we would have no way of knowing. Um, if there is any high school AJ Griffin left in there, this is an absolute steal. Uh, unfortunately, I can only work with what's in front of me. Dude's pretty slow, but he's shifty. He's got some athleticism to him, like jumping wise, but it's this weird, like, not fully athletic. I don't understand how he does it. He can't um, move left to right. No. It's like actually incredible. You will it makes not, sense. He's yeah. blown out his knees. He's blown I out understand. his knees. And on top of that too, this guy also lost, not only was he dealing with COVID as most of this class was with losing development time, but he also lost two years to injury as well throughout high school. Like he didn't play much as junior or senior year of high school. So it's possible he just never learned how to play defense. Um, that being said though, that's... Uh, not necessarily what you want to hear. Still, though, shot the absolute lights out. I think the wide form is going to work, too, which is pretty sick. Uh, Jeff Bagwell shooting form. But, uh, yeah. If this was the Hawks during Coach Bud's era, this would 100% be uh, Nikola Jovic. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That would uh, that would check all the boxes. Houston Rockets up here again at number 17. I've, there's been a large clamoring for uh, a certain player to get picked by the Rockets um, and potentially fall there. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see who the uh, selection is here. I think, you know, I, I think we're on the same page. I don't know. Um, the guy who's being taken by the Rockets is going to be Tari Eason. Yep. I think, I mean, he's just the perfect, he's kind of like, just take what Aid said about Sohan and just put it, into Tari Eason's profile, and it's pretty much the same thing. Um, they just need more front court players, and he's going to be a defensive stopper in the front court. Um, he'll probably be able to guard multiple positions. Um, it's just the same type of deal. If he can learn how to develop like a shot, he's going to be good. I think he could have a Herb Jones-like impact on the Rockets um, in terms of just guarding the best player on the team. He's got a very good wingspan. He's I, I really like the fit here just because, like I said, previously about Paulo there's a they can go anywhere with these kinds of picks and I think the front court's their biggest need so Tari I think is a home run pick here um I could honestly see Tari going much higher than this if somebody just falls in love with him in the lottery yeah and I mean with with Tari too it's if he had a left hand he would be going a hell of a lot higher than this the dude certainly looks the part but you are just getting a super super athletic active player Will Wade's system was pretty fucked up at LSU. Um, I think we can all kind of agree to that, but he was able to play. System? What? Yeah. Right. I, I, that, that too. Yeah, that too. Um, but active uh, defender, super athletic. He's going to come and immediately contribute transition-wise, and it's it's going to be fun to see those guys run. Usman Garuba is kind of crying in the corner at this point, as am I as the Bulls GM. But – uh Love the fit. Absolutely love the fit. Uh, we're in a uh, Chicago here. Not in a good spot at all. Uh, the board has not fallen the way that we wanted it to at all. So I'm going to do something really fucked up. I'm picking Jaden Hardy. Uh, I love Jaden Hardy. I've finally kind of come around to him. The hope here is that he can just shoot the shit out of the ball and continue developing kind of as that potential lead scoring guy. I understand the other dudes that they have there and a win now player might be more uh, appreciated given kind of the situation with how their team is lined up. But I think Jaden Hardy's upside in the fact that he's still here is a little bit, uh, it's too much for me to pass up on. So I'm going with Jaden Hardy here. For those unfamiliar, G League Ignite guard entered the year as a top five guard, played like shit, fell off, came back kind of like Usman Jang did. 
it's very easy to see one how he won't work because he was inefficient at shit most of the time but they were the important thing for me is kind of been contextualizing his performance with the ignite where they're asking this 18 year old to come in and immediately be the number one option and the point guard for this team of other young guys who are trying to get their own looks so i just absolutely love the upside with them um obviously there are concerns with them but i think he's too high of an upside to pass up here bye bye kobe white as well he's uh he's effectively gone with this all right number 19 minnesota timberwolves and as i i said this before the draft is extremely fucked up at this point like it's gotten it's gotten pretty ugly but uh it's fun still it's fun still so number 19 minnesota timberwolves the Timberwolves are going Euro tripping. We're taking Nikola Jovic. Uh, I just think he's a very dynamic player from what I've read. I haven't really seen a whole lot about him. I'm going to let you talk about him again, AIDS. Yeah. Um, I guess I just don't want to talk much today, but I think he fits a lot of their needs. Um, just because from what I've read, he can play, he gets a lot in three, four, five. If you want to go small ball five, that's kind of his role there because he's not, he needs to fill out. Is that correct? Yeah, he's never going to defend yeah. either. Yeah. So I think if he can just become become just like a solid guy that they can run plays through and uh, if he can turn into a guy who can just hit open three-pointers, face the court for their other guys, I think he's going to have a really successful time in Minnesota. Um, I was think I was between him or just going like high upside guys like a Bryce McGowan's um, and just hope he takes over at, for like Pat Bev or like D'Lo at some point um, and run him in the backcourt. But I ended up with Jovic just because I feel like between Vanderbilt and McDaniels, they don't have a whole lot of like uh, surefire things in that front court outside of Cat. So I just went with the ten- I went with Jovic because I feel like they can always develop another guy in the front court and sign somebody in the back court if they need. I like it. I uh, I really like the uh, Jovic fit. So with Jovic, uh, another guy who is a lottery type talent that ended up uh, falling off due to. Uh, it was he didn't perform well and then picked it up. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, overall, though, you're getting a tall forward who can score at all three levels, move the ball pretty well, and if you need him to just catch and shoot, that's fine. He is more than willing to do that. I'm pissed because I wanted him at 20 as the Spurs GM. Unfortunately, I cannot do that. We're going to do a very Spurs thing here and pick a high upside guard. I'm going Blake Wesley out of uh, out of Notre Dame. It's a little bit of a reach. It's a little high for my liking, but I do think this kind of matches what the Spurs have been doing with picking these higher upside guards. It's going to take Blake Wesley some time, like a lot of time, and I do not expect the Spurs to actually make the pick here. I think it goes elsewhere, but as guys kind of come off of their book, I think Blake Wesley could slot in very nicely as a bench guard of sorts. Josh Primo is going to be up with the big league team. Uh, kind of funny. I'm talking like it's baseball there, but we had Jeremy Sohan who slots in pretty nicely for our team. I don't love any of the centers with this pick. I'll go center with the later one in all likelihood uh, to back up hurdle or be prepared for him to leave. But it's important to remember we still have Zach Collins too. So I think adding a guard to the mix here, though, is uh, pretty important. Maybe Josh Richardson gets shipped off somewhere so that guys like uh, Romeo Langford, you can see if they have any pulse, or maybe you bring back Lonnie Walker as well. Uh, interesting decisions, though, coming up for the Spurs. Seattle is up with the Denver Nuggets now here at 21. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the, uh, the Nuggets, um, in my opinion, are um, – probably going to be trading these picks um, uh, hopefully for uh, for Damian Lillard uh, to, to the Portland Trailblazers. So for here, I think, uh, uh, um, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, that they're going to be taking the best player available here, which would probably be Ty Ty Washington since he's kind of dropped a little bit and sounds, you know, they may need point guard help. So I think, uh, I think, that would probably be a very logical selection. I like it. I uh, I do like it, especially considering how 
there are certain guards too on their team that you could potentially see them moving as well. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Ty Ty yet. I don't think I like him, but I like him enough that I think he should have gone maybe a tiny bit earlier than this. Uh, you kind of know a story. We've talked about him. I'm not going to give a Kentucky player any more time of day, though. We've we've done enough of that. So yeah, we don't uh, we don't have Garrett on. I mean, no, no Garrett. Say, if we wanted to talk about Kentucky, we would have told Garrett to come on the podcast. Yeah, we we can just we'll we'll, we'll drop his phone number in the description or something. You can give him a <laughs> ring. But uh, I like it. I, I do like the fit. I don't think I've had a fit that I haven't liked yet. So maybe I just stop saying that, uh, or maybe <laughs> I just go off on someone. I'm not sure. But yeah, so for other guards that they like, they could move off of Monty Morris with a pick like this. I think pretty easily, honestly. If you've got a guy like, I like, I think Ty Ty Washington slotting into a Monty Morris role is, I think that's realistic. Uh, it's also twenty as well. So old guy. All right, Grizzlies are up. Schultz, you're on the clock. Uh, you know. The Grizzlies have a good track record with guys from Indianapolis that went to small schools and then went to big schools. Let's fucking go. They're taking Jake LaRavia here. Dynamic guy, do it all. I mean, if he can continue his three-point shooting, um, he's got a spot on the Grizzlies because he's going to be able to play defensively, guard a lot of positions. Playmaking ability on offense is also going to be awesome. I think he'll come off the bench and he's going to be a spark guy for the Grizzlies. I'm I really like the fit. I think he could end up being like a Kyle Anderson type role player. And I kind of love that. And I've talked myself into that. He's probably just going to become an all-star instead, but if not, he'll just be Kyle Anderson. That's probably his floor at this point. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I actually am pretty pumped. I really would like that fit between him and Desmond Bain. This is the new Indianapolis team. I can't believe we're at this point either with, like Jake Laravia is a first round NBA draft talent. Like that's so fucked up to think about, but it's true. I mean, I just want him to listen true. to the, like all of our podcasts just so he knows how much we love him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've talked about him so much. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. We've, we've been talking about him since like, <laughs> it's probably been a year. It was literally like I, Sam Vecini talked about him sometime during the season as his like prospect of the week. It was like early in the on. season too. It was too. Yeah. Cause Alondis Williams was also balling too at that point, but he was like, yeah, I want to talk about Laravia. I'm like, cause I remember you just texted in the group chat and I was just like, Jack, do you remember who this guy is? Or maybe it was hot. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, do you guys know who this is? And like, I didn't even know he went to Wake Forest cause he was at Indiana state. And then all yeah. of a sudden the no, King, nuts all right kylie sixers here 23 this pick was initially with the nets but they deferred the selection to next year who are we thinking all right um just kind of the ah this is tough um all right i'm gonna hit a pivot i was gonna go kennedy chandler I like him as a six man. I think that's going to be his role in the NBA. I think he's tough. He's a little undersized, but I like his game. I think he's tough defensively, which would be good for this team. And they do kind of need some guard help. But the lack of wing is very glaring. And I'm going to go with Kendall Brown out of Baylor. I like his upside, like his size. Um, I think kind of being put into this um, situation where you already have two stars, I think he can kind of develop his game around that and kind of be that third, fourth option um, and just be solid defensively and just continue to develop. I fuck with it. Uh, Kendall Brown, I was not going to be huge on the Kennedy Chandler selection because I'm still a believer in uh, – they have Jaden Springer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to say swung and miss. Or do they I'm have a Tennessee guy? <laughs> Jared Butler is with the Jazz, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I still think he can turn into something. I'm holding on for dear life there. Uh, Schultz, you're up with the Bucks. Not much to say on Kendall Brown. I'll have more on him next week, probably. We're Bucks going have... nuts here. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, I don't know what you think I'm going to do, but I, I really want Jalen Williams. I've yeah, talked was, myself into Jalen Williams. Like, that's like the perfect fit for Milwaukee. 
if we get him, I'm going to be ecstatic. You can't hear, you can't see Seattle right now, but he is freaking out. So I knew know you were going to take him. I knew you were going to take him. I, I mean, how him. can I not? He's a whack guy, or not a whack. He's a West Coast Conference guy, WCC guy, even better. But no, I mean, if he's anything like they've hyped him up to be, he's long, athletic, guard, or small forward slash guard who can shoot the three. That's exactly what we need. We can move off of whoever we need in uh that's on the team already whether it's we don't want to pay pat Connaughton. i hope we pay pat Connaughton, but if we don't he's a very good replacement for pat Connaughton. um the only thing is he's a little older but we're a win now team so i'd rather have a win now guy um i hope if he's there i would be i will be very bummed if the bucks don't take him i was between him and christian braun but since kylie didn't take jalen williams i want jalen williams because i'm very high on him him and Bobby Portis on the floor together it would be is going to be electric. <laughs> I happens. want it to happen so bad. We'll see. It. I don't. I don't see him falling. If I'm being honest, but I might just be really high on him. No, I don't. I don't see him falling either. I think he has a higher likelihood to go on the teens than go down here. Well, <laughs> he was going to the Grizzlies if if the Bucks were one of my teams that I was picking for as well. I, yeah. I mean, he's like the same type of player as Jake, but. I like Jalen a little bit more. Yeah. Spurs back again. I'm uh getting tired of picking. Oh, Schultz, I'm I'm changing something really quick, by the way. Uh I oh, am going shit. to be picking for the Warriors since you already oh, have the Grizzlies. Okay. I, I forgot. Yeah. Um I I don't want to make a third selection for the Spurs. We're not making three selections. Uh so I'm going draft and stash. Give me Ishmael Kamagate, uh, center from France. I don't know if you want to stash him here or there. I actually no. Complete pivot here. He's too old to stash. Go <sighs> oh, that Italian guy that rips threes. I, I want to do. Yeah, give me Gabriel Pergita. Yes. Uh, tall ish Italian wing, pretty athletic. Uh, dribbles like Jabari Smith. Dribbles like Jabari, shoots the shit out of the ball. Uh, plays for uh, Bologna in Italy, which I just love. My first time oh, yeah. seeing him, he was, uh, they had a highlight reel of him getting a steal. And that was like a quarter of the highlight reel. And the steal was him picking up a deflected ball that was rolling <laughs> on the ground. And then it would like anytime he would shoot jump shots, he would shoot them so wide it would look like he would just snap. It, his legs were gonna snap or something yeah. like that, Kevin Ware style. It really was something. Oh. Um, like I said, I don't I don't think this pick is made, but tall, athletic wing that can shoot. I like that's sure that's good enough for me. So Gabriel Pujita is the pick. I said I was gonna take a center, but we don't have roster space. Seattle is up. With the Dallas Mavericks here, got to get Lucas some help. Yeah, um, this is kind of a tough pick. Um, I, I, I was thinking about taking Jalen Williams with this pick because I figured that you know that would be a great fit for the Mavs. Um, but uh, I think I think I'll go. Um, this might be a little bit of a reach, but. Uh, I think Orlando Robinson from Fresno State might be an wow. interesting selection here for the for the Mavs, um, just because of his kind of offensive ability. I think that would kind of fit well with uh, their kind of high IQ offense. Wow! I damn, I was not expecting that. I was expecting Dalen Terry or something like that to replace uh, to replace Brog or not Brog then Brunson. But uh, yeah, Orlando Robinson, big out of uh, Fresno State, offensive focus. Damn. I was that just thinking. I, 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 I was th- I was thinking that they would you know they would go big because I think uh, one of the big things that you know I feel like that really happened for them late in the playoffs is like Dwight Powell just became a ne- a huge negative for them, and they needed yeah. someone. They need someone better, probably. You know, like I, I you know that's why I was thinking Jalen Williams, someone a little bit more athletic. Um, but uh, you know, I think Orlando Robinson, somebody you know, just has some decent, you know, decent um, offensive ability. But you know, another guy I was thinking is like Christian Coloco from Arizona. Yep. You know, he's another guy I feel like could maybe fit that role, but he has less of an offensive skill set. So I think that was probably the, the big deterrent. But better defender. 
I, I see the reasoning. I see it. Heat, you are on the clock. Kylie, 27th overall pick. Three picks left in the first round after this. All right. I'm doing it. I'm going EJ Liddell. This is a wood now roster, and this is a experienced player, a little older. Uh like his offensive game. I think he could add a lot to that offense and kind of spread the floor with uh everyone that they got, allow allow Bam to continue to play down low and he can uh he can score at all three levels. I think his three needs a little work, but his uh turnaround J and his mid range is solid and he bangs down low, so Plays both ways too. Uh, defensively, he's definitely a heat culture guy. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't thought about their fit until you said it. I, I do like that one. Warriors at twenty eight here. Uh, I'm going Dalen Terry. Age, that's what I was gonna do. So I yeah. just kept that pick, motherfucker. Yeah, uh, Dalen Terry. Very disappointed that he's actually declaring for this draft. Uh, Absolute dickhead, but that's fine. Uh, I also had something pointed out to me, too, about him. He is phenomenal at throwing bounce passes to people cutting. Uh, I hadn't noticed that until it was brought to my attention. Um, I like the fit, though. Can be just kind of an electric guy for them, for the Warriors in this case. Uh, 6'7", could play, realistically, could probably play point guard, could play two as well. I don't think you want him at three ever because I don't like, I just don't think that's a good idea, but would have liked to see him get another year learning gold state though. Not bad. Grizzlies at 29. Yeah. Um, so I think the Grizzlies are eventually going to be moving on from Dylan Brooks and we're going to be drafting into the replacement and his name is Bryce McGowan's. Um, just kind of like the fit there. He doesn't have to do a whole lot right away, but I think he can grow into a pretty good score. Um, and I think he'd complement Ja really well. Um, I don't know. I just like the fit. Uh, and he'll match up. He'll actually complement um, Desmond Bain's game a lot more than Jaws, I guess I should say, because he's going to be another playmaker on the court in that backcourt. That's been my – Bryce McGowan's was easily my biggest faller. Um, I think I have – yeah, I have him at 19th, and here he is going at 29th, I think. The Grizzlies are fucking thrilled with that. Um, 20th, or sorry, 30th overall. Seattle bring us home, and then maybe we can sneak in uh, Indiana at 31. The Denver Nuggets with Oklahoma City's former pick are closing out the first round of this draft. Um, hmm, this is a tough pick. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Nuggets uh, picking for the Blazers or – whoever <laughs> could, could, uh, could have a tough time with this pick um, just because there's so many places you could go. Um, but I think some, you know, I think somebody like EJ Lydell will probably be interesting for them. Just they already got picked. He already got, got picked. Pick. He already <laughs> already oh, fuck. My bad. Oh my God. Say Pochamp. Um, who do I want to take here? I have some floaters. Uh, Christian Brown, Bochamp. Uh, those are those are the main two uh, guys. Then you have, of course, the classic Nuggets pick of Patrick Baldwin Jr., similar to Michael Porter Jr., of being tall wing injury issues that just, like, severely underperformed and has many red flags. Um, Is Max Christie available? Of course. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a direction that they could go. I like that. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's uh I think he's a I think he's yeah, they they pro- they need shooting and really just offense like they need offense in general, you know, outside of I mean if uh either team. So um yeah, I, I, that's what that's all go. Yeah, Max Christie. I can definitely see either mission guy, Caleb Houston as well. It's kind of in yeah, was- for being a first round guy. I was going to say Houston or um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Move on. I I like it though. All right. Uh, So end of the first round, biggest surprises uh, really quick before we get to Kylie's pick at 31. Uh, 
Christian Brown, not in the first round. I think that's kind of a surprise. Uh, McGowan's falling as far as he did. Definitely a surprise to me. Jalen Williams, too, at 24, falling kind of big. Uh, 31, Indiana. We'll give Kylie the floor here. What's the pick? Yeah, so right here at 31 with the current board, I'm going either of the Michigan guys, to be honest. Um, I don't know which one would fit better. I'm thinking probably Houston, Houston, whatever, Um, because I see a lot of similarities with Diabate and Isaiah Jackson, which we already have, but I'd be happy with either one. Um, I like the upside. So, yeah. I I definitely – I like that. Uh, Houston, a lot of times, looks more like an NBA player than he plays like an NBA player, uh, kind of like J.D. Davison. Uh, similar situations. Um, overall, though, uh, pretty, uh, pretty pleased kind of with how this board played out. And it's funny, too, because I think realistically – uh also just really quick if you consider do we consider Ty Ty a point guard yes allegedly allegedly okay I don't like his playmaking ability as, as a point guard a, but a ball a ball handler a ball, <laughs> primary ball handler okay Jaden Ivey primary ball handler right potentially uh we yeah. did not have a pure point guard get drafted in the first round yikes because it's, it's dead Aiden. yikes sir um Kennedy Chandler he didn't get taken he didn't get picked oh you're saying is there one in the draft yeah yeah Kennedy uh tie tie by some definition I like Uh, Kennedy Chandler to be honest I do too I just wish he wasn't six feet tall yeah also the other the other fucked up measurement uh Hugo Basson from uh Australia he measured in at six foot five OMG he's not he's like six two tops it's it's Sharif Cooper all over again I was going to say, if he's 6'5", that's actually a game changer. Um, Shout out. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you guys for uh, sticking with us uh, for this 31 pick mock. You won't see many of those. Uh, We definitely (laughs) appreciate the support. We'll uh, we'll be back next week potentially with a actual draft preview with any other options. But uh, in the meantime, I'll have the draft guide posted at some point. uh, And we will be back. Peace. Peace. Peace.